and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, welcome back. Oh, it's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah, we had a cancel recording last week. This is why we're doing a double episode this week. Was it me? Yes, it was Oh, yeah, it was me. I had stomach issues, that's right. I, I got was that ready to stomach record. bug that's going around. Yeah, there's there's a mean stomach bug coming around our, yeah. our neck of the woods. Um, our friends, we were supposed to game night the week before instead of yeah. last Saturday, uh-huh. but they got the stomach bug. Oh, I don't yeah. know how I got the stomach bug, but my wife works in the hospital, so that's how I got it, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, and she got the stomach bug for a little bit, so yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That would be terrible. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it sucked because I had it Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday was still kind of there. That's why I was like, you know what, just stay away. Yeah. And then Wednesday, I was perfectly fine. We were able to do game night. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it just, yeah, you, you just sprung right back. Either that or it was just a good excuse. And no, it just worked its way through the system. I mean, like Sunday, Monday, I was totally just not feeling great. Yeah. Tuesday, I was starting to feel better, but I still didn't want to, you know, sit in here and record. Yeah. Be in a warm room <laughs> with a stomach of brewing. Yeah. Well, they will be like, and welcome to Everyday Board Game Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Sounds terrible. So, the, we decided to go ahead and push it this week. We're going to do a double episode. Uh, we're going to be off the next two weeks. Uh, yep. That's another reason why we're doing a double episode, because right. you're going on your vacation. That's right. That's right. We're going on a... On a Really ridiculous road trip. Yeah. Um, I found out that the total amount of driving that we're going to be doing is 4,000 miles, which is also the same distance to the center of the Earth. Which is also interesting because you're not going that much further than the, I'm not the leaving city. The con- I'm not leaving the country. Well, yeah, that, that, I'm not going okay. anywhere of the East Coast. <laughs> you're not going anywhere that far East. No, I'm not even going to hit the Mississippi River, am I? Minneapolis is usually near uh, the Mississippi, so... Yeah, it's near, but... I thought it was like a, one of the tail, uh, something like that. The top part of it. I don't remember. It's not. It's not. Not far. Yeah. But still, I'm not going to even go east of that. You're not, so. not going cr- to cross the Mississippi. You're, you're no. staying all on the west side of the Mississippi. Exactly. It's it's ridiculous. And, and the thing is, not only are you standing on the west side of the Mississippi, you're also staying to the northern part of the Midwest. Where you live is the furthest south you're going to be. Right. I within this trip, I'm going to be. I will be more north this trip than I have ever been in my life. I don't know how you would be more north. I mean, you went up to Minneapolis before. Yes, but I'm going up to Bozeman, Montana, ah, which is more north. Yeah, not by much. Barely. Not by much. It, it's about equivalent to Portland, which I've been to as well. Cool. Slightly higher. But either way, you know, that'll be a good one. That's why we're filming two back-to-back episodes. So if you're sticking with us live, like our friend Krupp said it, join us for both episodes. You'll enjoy both. But today, we're going to be doing a board game breakdown. With uh, someone we have not done in a really long time. Actually, I don't think we've ever done a board game breakdown of this. No. Category. We've done a uh, we've done designers, of it. We've done designers, and we've done publishers, but we've never done a board game artist. Mm-hmm. But right now, this artist is really blowing up the scene. Pretty much any game that she is part of um, is just like people are scampering for. Uh, yeah, it, it's really great art. Yeah. What's interesting is... She's been doing art in the hobby for well over, what, 15 years or so? Yep. 2008, it looks like it's her first game, so... Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the artist best known as... I guess that's her name. Yeah. Beth Sobel. I was going to say, wait, but does she go by something else? Oh. It's not like... Uh, what awesome it, artist? What, it, what is that one artist? Uh, Miko? Oh, yeah. The Miko? <laughs> the Miko? 
Something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, best solo art. I'm looking forward to this because, in fact, the first game we're going to be actually talking about when we get into it. Yep. I didn't even know she was part of. I actually own the game. It's right above your head over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's gave me an excuse to do the same bit that I always do. <laughs> do yeah. Straight up. All right. Well, but before we do that, we're going to talk about some of the board game news. One of our newest segments that we're mm-hmm. going to be doing. Uh, we like to talk about some of the new. Um, upcoming information. Now, we are not a news source, just so you know. We stole a lot of this from news sources that are already there. Yeah. But oh, stuff that is important I, I, to us that we want to talk about. I did tell you a whole thing of news yes. sources. Yep. Uh, so what, how we're going to do this is we have a couple things for the news pulled up that we'll show you here in a little bit. But we're going to talk about the news that we don't have pulled up. We're just going to talk about. Very good. All right. So the first thing, uh, let's see which of us goes first. Goes first. As he drops the coin, that'd be you. That'd be me. Not heads. Okay, that's that's that'd be me. So the first one that's I'm going to talk about here is um, if people haven't announced or have seen, uh, there's a couple awards in America and there's other awards in Europe. But the major ones we're going to talk about a little bit here. But one of the major ones, uh, the Dice Tower Awards, the nominees were announced back a few weeks ago. They are moving it from their Summer Spectacular that they normally do, and it's just going to be a Gen Con stage show where they're going to announce the winners at Gen Con. And I thought that would be important to to mention because Dice Tower is a big YouTube channel. They're a big company, and they are probably are or at one point are equivalent to the Spiel des Jahres over here in the States. Um, now I think the Golden Geeks are getting really popular more so than usual outside of main, uh, outside the hobby in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I just thought it would be important that they're announcing them this year at Gen Con, which is the big con in America. That is, yeah, which is a huge thing. I mean, they could announce it at their own convention. They mm-hmm. can announce it on streaming. Which is they usually were doing. Platform. Dice Tower yeah. East is usually where they announced it, or their Summer Spectaculars. Right. I don't think they've announced an award at Gen Con since uh, I think Gloomhaven swept the awards in 2017 or so. Something like that. So this is going to be their first year back. Yeah, this will be interesting. So if you happen to be in the Indianapolis area, I think. Yeah, you have uh, to sign up to go to their shows. They, sure. they sell out pretty quickly. I don't know if they are sold out or not, but if you're interested, that's yeah, where they're going to be. And tell us what the answers are before. <laughs> All right. First thing I wanted to talk about is uh, front of the podcast. Um... Fireside Games, Justin DeWitt and Marie mm-hmm. DeWitt, they, they uh, known for Castle Panic. They ran a Kickstarter a couple years back for Castle Panic, mega deluxe version, then it's a like massive deluxe version. Right before uh, pandemic. I think it was. I think it was before yeah. the lockdowns. Yep. And uh, so one of the versions is like an all wood version. One is like the wood plus minis. Some is just the second edition, the new art. All um, the plastic. All the plastic, yeah. There's a lot of ways that you can buy it. And uh, I did back it for one of the levels, second highest one. A mutual friend of ours bought it for the highest level, level yeah. which is obscene. We saw, I, I saw your box, just a picture of yep. it, but I saw his box live, and it's right. just like, holy. Mine looks small now, because <laughs> when we saw his live, whoo. So if you see right above uh, Daniel one, or Daniel 2's head over here is Everdell the big box. That is dwarfed by the Castle Panic box. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. It's huge. <laughs> and so my news that I wanted to bring as up. Well. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the fact that they're now fulfilling. Yeah. Which was a huge long time coming. Some people were getting a little, you know, uh, less annoyed. But, you know, I'll give More Justin. Yeah. They're, they're getting, well, 
you know, a little bit annoyed. Um, not like to the point where I've seen some Kickstarters. They, they were questioning a little bit, but really mostly Justin did a great job of keeping them all posted. They did a great job of letting them know the updates. Again, and their that's what we always say, communication. Yeah. But there is a difference where people are getting a little annoyed because it took so long for that Fireside uh, sure. uh, stuff to come out, the Castle Panic, compared to the City Collection where right. there was no communication that much. Right. I think you we got, what, uh, I notice every few months, if that? So if that, yeah. And, yeah, Fireside Games did a great job of keeping it posted. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to have my copy. I've already played it twice. <laughs> I figured you would. Uh, How is it once, the wood? It's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. And I, I have, have the screen-printed art on it. And I still have to punch out my, uh, my tokens on mine. I do have it's, a new version of it. I got it for Christmas. Yeah, yeah it's it's so good. Like, I forgot how much I enjoy that game. Oh, yeah, it's and a good game. I've been playing I've already played it twice. I don't think I've put down one of the info for it. But I like it. I like it a lot. I played it last night. We won. Barely. Played it last week. Lost miserably. <laughs> so on the second turn, we drew nine tokens. Oh. Yep. Yep. You can blame our friend Jim for that. Oh. He he drew nine tokens in one turn. It oh, was gross. Whew. Anyway, uh, it was hilarious. So that was uh, Castle Panic is now being fulfilled for the Mega Kickstarter. So my next bit of news is a big one that I actually showed you the hype video last week. Yes. And I said with the names that were announced on this game, it sounded like a legacy version of yes. this well-known game. Yep. The names were Matt Leacock, uh, uh-huh. Rob Davio... And Alan Moon. Yep. And it turns out, and it was officially announced today as of recording, which is the 20, no, the 30th of May. Yep. And that is Ticket to Ride Legacy. It is known as Legends of the West, and it will drop November 3rd this year. I was... Did they say yet if it was... Yes. Legacy? Yeah. It is Legacy. It is Legacy. As Midday USA was talking about it, it is uh, Ticket to Ride Legacy, it is called Legends of the West. Um, it's co-created by Alan Moon, who, of course, is the original creator of Ticket to Ride. Yeah. But then you have Pandemic uh, Matt Leacock and the King of Legacies, Rob Davio. That's right. Uh, all working together to turn this into a actual uh, board game, so or an actual thing. So I know you're excited. I'm actually Very. excited. I Very. do like Ticket to Ride a lot. So, yeah, big news. So when I got home that night that you told me about it last week, uh-huh. I, I went home. I was like, and I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, I, I have a cool video I want to show you." She was like, "It's not board game related, is it?" I'm like, "Yes, but hear me out, <laughs> <laughs> you know." And she always just goes, Ugh. "I'm like, just like I was like, do you know these three names?" And she's like, "Yeah, I know who they are." Okay, watch this video, and I hand it to her, and she watched it, and she looked at me. She's like, "Is that what I think it is?" Ticket to Ride Legacy campaign. Yeah, she, she looked at me and she said, is that what I think it is? I'm like, I think so. And she's like, okay, I'll give you that. I'm finally excited about a board game. You know, which is huge. Yeah, that's there's the case, few that's games massive. that she likes. She yes. does enjoy Legacies, like yeah. Pandemic Legacy, she really enjoyed. Yeah. To have these names... Yep. do this game. I, I'm, I'm interested in how they're going to do it because this game really doesn't lend itself to a campaign style game. No, it really doesn't. But if there's somebody who could make it a campaign, that's Matt Leacock and Rob Davio. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's obvious. No, that, this was major hype when we found out about this. I'm so glad. And they also announced Ticket to Ride Berlin, another city one. Yeah, a little small so, version of it. I'm going to pick that one up. The big hype, man. Yeah, um, massive. 
I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I probably yep. am going to pick myself up a copy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, not, you can play it. We should have a group. <laughs> we don't, like, play enough Legacy games, even though there's one there's right like there. There's, three up there. I know, but how, when was the last time we played it? Before the lockdown, so... <laughs> No, no, no. We did. We did start Rise of Queensdale again last year, and it start went, is a very generous we, term. We played once. We played. I it actually once. won, yes. and I was fine. I'm like, okay, we're good. I got it. <laughs> yeah, like legacy over. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, the next piece of news that I wanted to talk about was is a Kickstarter announcement that they made a, a couple mm. weeks ago. Yeah, um, this company has always been good about what they produce. Mm-hmm. They always make good quality games. Uh, we're big fans of their stuff here, and. They announced an expansion-only Kickstarter for four different games on their catalog. This is the AEG expansion Kickstarter. That's coming, I think, June 6th or something like that. Yeah, relatively uh, soon. Yeah, for, within the next couple of weeks. And I bring it up here because all four of the games that they're bringing expansions for are games that I really like and games that I am always willing to buy expansions for. There's two that I do want to get expansions for, mm-hmm. Space Base, but I need to get all the other expansions for Space Base still. No, you don't. You can buy them I, individually. I know, but I'm saying I just need to get all the other ones. So. Oh, sure. I, and I then uh, Tiny Towns, but the same thing. I like Tiny Towns a lot. I only just recently got myself a copy of Tiny Towns. Yes. It was like 10 bucks at uh, Barnes & Noble when oh, they were yeah. doing their clearance sale. Like, totally worth it. I like the game. Now I need to get the expansions because I Absolutely. like uh, I've heard the, the, second, the first okay. expansion. Yeah. I, I really did like that one when okay. I played it. I haven't played that one yet. I do own it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I like that. It just adds more stuff. That's my favorite thing about expansions, when it just yeah. adds more stuff. Instead Absolutely. of making things overly complicated, it just gives you more cards to mess around with and stuff like that. That's my favorite type of expansion. And then the next one that they have expansions for, so we just talked about two, Space Space. Ace I have all of them for that. Oh, yeah, I know which one. Another John DeClaire one is yep. Cubitos, which needed needed an expansion because, I mean, there's already like 56 cards in it. It really yeah. didn't need an expansion, but holy cow, the fact that they are not only including two new si- sets mm-hmm. of dice that you can play with, they're adding more cards for the existing sets, and they're adding another double-sided board, and more and enough components to play with up to six players. That's ridiculous. That is awesome. I have one issue. I like Kibitos. It's a good game. It's not my favorite of the John DeClaire and sure. stuff. I will not play that game as six players. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> you, can, you can cut that right off. But I wanted more characters. I wanted more dice pools. Yes. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly on all that other stuff, except for the... F- I hate games that add, like, a five to six player expansions. Yeah, exactly. Why is I don't like playing games at large, unless it's something like a party game. Exactly. Or, let's say, like, Just One, or... Uh, yeah. Uh, what sure, is it? That could add, they could just keep adding expansions yeah. to that one. But, and then the final expansion that they announced... Which I have all of the expansions for this before. That is War Chest. Yes. It's the only one I have not played. Uh, it's cool. I don't like chess. I really like this one because it's a pool building game. I you like know? chess. I don't know why you hate chess so much. Because I'm terrible at it, and I <laughs> and I love abstract strategies, and I don't know why this one just doesn't work in my brain. <laughs> When I was at, when I was in elementary the, school, the, the abstract strategies that you enjoy yes. don't have a They're lot good. of well, no, they don't have like a lot of moving parts. It's either you're doing something here sure. or you're forcing your opponent to do something. Yeah. Chess is where you have to think like four or five moves ahead because every move, every piece. You are the, really talking down the abstract strategies I have. Corridor uh, is your favorite, right? Corridor. Corridor. 
That's the one where you have to give someone else a piece yes. and force them. Yeah, that's fine. But it's not as complicated as, okay, i got to move this sure. right here because I need you to move this certain thing three moves ahead. Well, that's the thing. Like, the added complications don't add to the fun. No, no, chess. I'm not disagreeing. Like, and and, and one chest is more complicated than chess by far. <laughs> I'm just saying there's something about the feeling of it. It's like it, it makes chess thematic in a weird way. Like, well, I mean, so did the Duke. Yeah, but the Duke, <laughs> I used to own it, and I just didn't... I actually enjoyed the Duke. Uh, it was I, okay. Uh, but, I'll take that I back. Know. I have never played the Duke. I've played Jarl. That's true. That's true. I, I've only played Jarl, too. I think I've played the Duke, but I used to own Jarl. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's the same thing. It's like, it's okay. I It was fine. But War Chest, for some reason, like, mm-hmm. all of the different abilities, the different the way that you're actually activating everything... Pulling the pool of tokens, yeah. the great components is something really cool about it, and so it's another one of those like same with Cubitos. The more things you can add, the more chips, the more cool coins, the funner it's just going to be because you just have that much more replayability. Doesn't need more rules; it's just more more content, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so I like it. I'm going to be backing it. Uh, probably for uh, the whole gamut. June June is just ridiculous for Kickstarters. Yes. I think the new Thunderworks is, is launching in June. Okay. Uh, Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Stonespire yeah. Architecture. Uh, you know, I like most of the stuff in the Dawn of Hula, yep. or the Ulos world. Yep. Um, there's also the expansion for Dog Park. I do want to jump sure. on that one because I want to get some of the other stuff that they had from the original Kickstarter. Okay. Because I, I like the game. Like I said, it's, right. just, it's not the greatest game out there. I, I give it a 7 out yeah. of 10. We were talking about this before the podcast, yeah. just so you know. Um, and then there was uh, another one that was getting announced, where that one is in June. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one that was supposed to start up in June. Oh, the on Backer Kit, the uh, Suffle Flare RPGs with the miniatures. Oh, okay. The, for Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. So the Gloomhaven RPG and the miniatures for you can add to your RPG game or to Gloomhaven itself or Frosthaven if you don't want to do the standees. But I was saying, all that's in June. The June is becoming ridiculous. It used to be yep. March was the, 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 the worst one. Out of collectively all four of those expansions, I care about one. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ones, I'm sure they're fine. They're no, no, but I'm cool, just saying. But I'm excited about one of those. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that it's just that's a busy June. For you. No, not for me. There's only one I'm backing. Maybe two. Not for me. I'm backing the one that I listed. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying that June yeah. for crowd uh, crowdsourcing, because remember, like, what was it? Uh, February. There was nothing really on Kickstarter. Right. Then March picked up. May hasn't been too crazy. And then June, all the big companies are putting up Kickstarters. Right. AEG, Thunderworks. I wouldn't say Bird uh, Birdwood or whatever it is for that does dog park is big, yes. but Cephal no. um, Cephal Fair. Yeah, they're they're big companies putting up Kickstarters in June. Yep, and I think it's because they want to get some sort of prototype done for Gen Con. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. All right, next last piece of news. My last piece of news. I'm actually going to cut the screen here to how we normally do it for the board game breakdowns because I'm going to be talking about the Golden Geek Awards. They were announced uh, a few weeks ago, I want to believe, like early May, late March. Uh huh. So see here the Golden Geek Awards for 2022. This is the 17th annual Golden Geeks. The two-player game winner is Splendor Duel. Which, uh, you had a big old rant last time we talked about game yes, nominations. which, by the way, Golden Geek, thank you for 
I mean, I know this is voted on people, right? Yeah. But thank you for sticking to a two-player game that's intended for a two-player. The runner-up is Wingspan Asia. Yep, which is the two-player one. It is a two-player variant. And Daunted is a two-player as well, so they've been very good. Yeah. And so next up here is the artwork presentation. Yep. Flamecraft ended up winning it. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I play this game. It is so cute. Yeah. It's got great art. I might pick myself up a copy. I know the shop sells it. Yep. We have two left. Uh, Everdale, the complete collection, uh, was Uh runner-up, which... Yeah, the art in that game is ridiculous. Yeah. And Wonderland's War had some great... Cooperative game, Return to Dark Tower. I wholeheartedly agreed. I yes. voted for that one personally. Yep. Uh, expansion. Uh, yep. What had me with this one is one game had two expansion nominations. True. Dune Imperium, Rise of Ix, Dune Imperium Immortality were both uh, in it. Uh, Rise of Ix actually won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is Wingspan Asia. Now, I own both of those, all three of these expansions. I've only played one of them. And that's Asia. No, but I only... And again, I'm, I'm glad Rise of Ix won. Uh, either a Dune would have been fine, because from what I understand, isn't Wingspan Asia a standalone, too? Wingspan Asia is a standalone, but it's only so again, standalone. it's not an expansion. Uh, yes, because it's it's an expansion for the bigger game. It's a standalone for the two-player version. That's right. it. It's and all you do is it's the two-player components in there. Everything else is expanded into uh, the main well, Wingspan. And they also add something where you can add up to eight players into right. Wingspan, which I'm like, Mm-mm. I mean, I'll, I'll forgive it this once, but what I'm saying, though, is that, like, it's not technically just an expansion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's it's an expand alone, it has more content, and it can be, it's compatible. It's in, it, But it's an expansion when you think about it, because you can incorporate it into the base game. Mm-hmm. You can play so it can you with alternate base games. Yeah, game. but they, everything that comes out for Villainous is considered an expansion, but it also can play as a standalone game. And I would have the same <laughs> argument against it. I really would. I really would. I mean, as much as I like Villainous, if it's a, not one expansion, I'm like, that's a standalone. It's not an expansion. I mean, I get to, it's an expandalone. That's why I kind of forgive it, too, yeah. right? Because it is actually intended. But, like, if they gave, like, you know, Ticket to Ride... Amsterdam, but, yeah. right? Then I'd be like, no, let's but fight. Here, here's the problem with, with that argument. It, that's a that's a slippery slope fallacy there. Okay. Because, one, is it expansion to a game that could be played as a standalone, whereas Ticket to Ride Berlin cannot be incorporated to any of the base games? That's what I'm saying. That's when I'd have the real bone to pick. <laughs> that's a whole roundabout argument there. That you I'm just saying, like, I, like, I'm glad it's just actually just an expansion. Because an expansion is... Like, I mean, that's like saying DLC, but you can also play it by itself. It's like, it's not really yeah. DLC, it's just compatible, you know. Mm-hmm. It's same system. Well, it's funny, because there's actually a video game that was started as DLC, and they turned it into their own game. <laughs> so, Which one? Uh, it's called uh, Halo ODST. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep, fair enough. All right, All so right. back to the, the Golden Geek Awards. The innovative game winner was Cat in the Box, which I think is a great game, and I do need to pick up a copy of it. Uh, now, runner-up is Turing Machine. I have just recently acquired and played multiple times Turing Machine. Okay, was it innovative? Yes, 100% it was innovative. <laughs> I would say they are both equally innovative. Like, I, I don't, I'm not putting down Cat in the Box. Because it's definitely innovative. Yeah, it is. Because especially for the fact that it really does play off right. the whole Schrodinger physics yes. question, Schrodinger's yeah. box. Creating a, like, like paradoxes, a paradoxes and stuff. Yes. and stuff like that. It does really play it off really that. It really does. So, again, like, I, I do know, I do 
agree with that, but I would have been happier with Turing Machine as well. I'm glad he didn't, because from the, everything this, I saw... From everything I see, it's not yeah. really innovative. It's kind of a deck builder, but only because you're putting stuff into your deck that make it bad. Right. Which, um, I mean, Legendary did that, so... Yeah. A lot of deck builders do that. Yeah. Uh, it also won Light Game of the Year, which... Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it is lighter I, than both Splendor Duel and Long Shot. Yeah. Yeah, I give you that. Yep. Medium game of the year, Heat Pedal to the Metal. I uh, played it. That's the only one out of the three that I haven't played. The runner-ups were Wonderland War and Flavecraft. I, I do like want to get a copy of that. Huh? I don't like Wonderland I didn't War. mind it. It was okay at best. Heavy game of the year is Carnegie, followed yep. up by Endless Winter, Paleo Americas, and John Company 2nd Edition. Now, now ha- I've only played Endless Winter, and I'm glad Carnegie won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. fine with Endless Winter. I do like That's it fine. a lot. It's in my collection, as you can see right there. Yeah. Uh, but Carnegie have not played. I heard really good things, but mm. it probably is not something that's going to get played a lot in either one of our groups because no, uh, it'd probably be our main group with you, me, Dom, and uh, Gamehead Geek. Yes. But even then, yeah, because even of then. how heavy it is. Once every while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know anything about John Company. Party game uh, winner was Ready, Set, Bet. Now, what, what's your thoughts on this? I'm okay with this. In all honesty. Group part betting game? I, I know the... Because the the only two that I have played is Long Shot the Dice Game and Ready Set Bet. Yeah. Uh, Blood on the Clock Tower is a style of game I'm not a big fan of. It's right. uh, hit not Hidden Betrayer. Uh, uh, social deduction. Social deduction. Yeah. Um, now I agree with Ready Set Bet over Long Shot the Dice Game, even though I think Long Shot the Dice Game is the actual better game because it's an actual game. You're rolling dice. You're placing. It's basically a rolling right. Whereas Ready, Set, Bet, you're just gambling in a sense and trying to be the first one in a speed bet. Yeah. All three of them are horse race betting games. <laughs> Blood on the clock, clock Tower is what happened. Oh, well, it should be glue on the clock tower, um, <laughs> depending on if they won the race or not. No, but I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. yeah. As a party game, I, honestly, if I'm going to bust out one of these games to play yes. in a big group setting, it's going to be Ready, Set, Bet. Yeah. Uh, print and Play. Um, I have not played any of these. The winner was Aquamarine. Yep, I'm going to play it soon. All right, so here we go. Solo games. Turn yeah, Machine. about this. Uh, runner-up was Resist and runner-up Nemo's War Ultimate Edition. Yes. Go both, ahead. Both Resist and Nemo's War are intended to be one-player games. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just one-player games. That's how it says on the box. Turing Machine, having now played it... I get why it wins best solo game because it really is a multiplayer solitaire. Okay. Because the only you are still solving the same logic puzzle, and you have the ability to ask it the exact same questions. And the only time you determine if somebody wins is if they solved it more efficiently than anybody else and a few around. Okay. And what and what I mean by that, the comparison I told people, they're like, well, I mean. Isn't this, it's still a multiplayer game because, you know, one person wins and one person loses. I'm like, yeah, but it's like the same as, like, oh, you and me are solving a Sudoku puzzle. Whoever does it first wins. Like, it's not... Yeah. That doesn't make it a game. Yeah. Right? It and this really is just really a puzzle, a logic puzzle, like something like Sudoku, that has that extra little, oh, if you want to race against your friends and see who wins better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that being said, it's awesome. It's really smart. Cool. If you like logic puzzles like that, it's really cool. Uh, next up, you have uh, Heat winning thematic games. Uh, again, I've only played one game out of that category, and that's Wonderland's War. And though that is somewhat thematic, yep. Uh, honestly, from everything I've seen of Heat, that feels more like a racing game than sure. Wonderland's War. Feels like you're in Alice in the Wonderland world. I I forget that Alice in Wonderland 
was the theme for Wonder Lands 4. <laughs> Even though it's in the title, I still forget it. That would be my, if you said pick an Alice in Wonderland game, I wouldn't pick that first. I probably would because I really don't know a lot of Alice in Wonderland uh, There's games. Flea from uh, 2F Spiel. That's like it. Yeah. That's the only other one I know of. Uh, Stalingrad, Undaunted Stalingrad wins War Game. War game. Okay. Uh, sure. Which is fine. I don't play a lot of war games. Yep. Best podcast. This game is I broken. disagree with this. <laughs> no, we should have been nominated. No. Um, best board game app. This is the final one. Everdell actually wins the board game app outside of Hero Realms and Role Player. Yep. Uh, the big thing about the podcast, going back to that real quick, um, if you're a winner of that one, uh, you're not allowed to be nominated the next year. That makes sense. And then the best board game apps, I don't know how that works, but I know Star Realms was up for an app version one year. I can't yep. remember what it was. And Hero Realms is just uh, the fantasy version of Star Realms. Yep. There's also a Cthulhu version of it that's in an app form. So, yep. uh, Roleplayer actually runner-up. I heard really good things about that one. Um, I don't know any too much about the Everdell one. Yeah, I didn't like Everdell enough to play it as an app, I don't think. I think I would. I, I mean, well, I can see I got the big Your tableau of cards would be obnoxious <laughs> on your phone screen. I don't play it on a tablet. I, it would make sense on a tablet, but I don't think it would work on a phone. Yeah, my the thing is, the tablets I own, you can't even get half these board game apps. Because I, I have right. Kindles, because I read um, on my tablets. My I'd have to use my wife's iPad for me to yep. play some of these on the tablets. Yep. All right, and now to your and now big the, one. Speaking of board game awards... They announced my favorite award of the year, the Spiel des Jahres from Germany. They announced it this last week, mm -hmm. um, one week ago. I have since, uh, I already owned one of the games for the Spiel des Jahres. I had since, having heard the nominations, bought one, received it, and played it since then. Okay. So I'll be talking about that. I'm trying to um, think which one you already bought. I, it's not Dwarf Romantic. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it here and there. But first let's talk about um, Kinderspiel. Kinder. No, let's talk about Kinder. Is this the bottom one? This is the bottom one. All right, let's talk about the Kinder, Kinder Spiel. Challengers. This is the gamer games. Uh, from every review I've heard anything about, is this is just war, but like a gamer version of war. Yeah. I want to try it. It sounds silly. Sounds it does. Like kind it does of fun sounds that very... I would enjoy. But... but my thing is, it doesn't, to me, doesn't sound like a gamer game. You know what no. I mean? Everything, because when you look no. at the other two... The weight are, on it is like 1.5 or something. Like, like when you look at the other two, those are something that I yes. feel are the Kinderspiel winners. Right. The next one is Iki, which I know nothing about other than it's a very pretty cover. Yeah, apparently you're trading race through historic Tokyo. It's a trading race through historic Tokyo for two to four players. Cool. Uh, a friend of ours actually owns it. We just have to play it. Yeah, now we need to. And then finally, Planet Unknown, which is currently my pick. Yeah, for... it's it's my pick to win. Yeah. I honestly have a feeling it's going to be Iki, just because of Good everything thing. I've looked into it. Yep. It falls into that category. It's a beautiful game. It's got yep. a lot of, uh, not heavy, but a lot of more strategy aspect of moving parts. Yep. So uh, I think that's good. that's my pick to win, though I personally would like Planet Unknown. This way I don't have to buy any of the other two. <laughs> right, exactly. Problem solved. And then the recommended it. down below there are Council of Shadows and Mindbug, which is pretty cool. Uh, I've never heard of Mindbug. Mindbug is like a two-player, it's almost like a magic game. But what sets it apart is well, it's a single deck of like 50 cards. Richard Garfield. Right. It's a single deck of 50 cards. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you play against each other, and then each player has two mind bugs where they can steal a card from the other player. Yeah. With a mind bug. That's cool. But that's all I know about it. Here's anyway. the Kinder. 
The Kinderspiel, which again, I have not played any of these. Um, no. One I could buy, but I don't know. Um, we have uh, the shop Twilight actually Carmel. carries one of them. Yep, we have Gigamon and we have Mysterium Kids. Now I remember them talking about this. I think it was on the Dice Tower. Gigamon is actually a reprint oh, of a okay. different uh, different type of game. Interesting. So Mysterium Kids, of course, that's a kid version of Mysterium. Yep. For me personally, that's probably that's my pick because that's the one I know the most about. Though I can see Carla Caramel. Uh, winning because it's a cooperative ice cream parlor. Right. And it's that is, from my understanding, that is a straight German game. So right. I can see that one working. And then, you want to talk about your big ones? Yep, here we go. The Spiel des Jahres. First one that was nominated, uh, Fun Facts. Repos just right has now. a stranglehold on They it. really do. <laughs> I mean, they got they won the award with just, just one. one. Um, they, were not, they weren't nominated, but they were recommended with So Clover. Now they're nominated again with Fun Facts. This was the first one that I had played from it. Um, I owned Fun Facts as soon as they released it, because I was like, that, that sounds like my style, I'm in. It's a nice I icebreaker definitely game. see why it's, it's there. But out of all three of those games, it is the easiest, simplest one. It is literally timeline as a party game. Okay. Because everyone gets asked a question. Do you know how it works? Well, yeah, it's because yeah. you get asked a question, question, and then you're trying to pick who is where in basically that timeline. Right, exactly. So, the, and the questions can range anything from like, like s- totally subjective answers on purpose. Like it'll say um, on a scale from one or zero to one hundred, how much do you like water? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like I'll, I'll answer that. You know, and then you have to figure out like do you like water a lot? Like, what does it mean? What context? And it's purposely vague, right? Yeah. Like, how many years would you get, take off the end of your life um, to become a millionaire instantly? Like, weird questions. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Um, the next one, uh, we're going to talk about Dorf Romantic, which we did see at Gamma this year, and I just passed it off because I didn't think anything of it. First off, that name is strange. I mean, I know it's German, but I was like, okay, that's kind of weird looking. It looks like a Carcassonne-style game with... Uh, mm-hmm. Hexes. Hexes and stuff. But it's fully cooperative. Yeah. So you're just trying to group certain things together. You, there are certain ones like the the river and something else does have to connect. But everything else could just connect if you wanted to or not. And you're just trying to get certain um, areas connected in a certain way. Okay. Um, from what I understand, there's multiple packs that you open up as you play. So it's not really a legacy, but it's like a campaign kind of thing. Yeah. But it is also based off of a video game, too. Okay. And this is, this is the first IP game that's ever been nominated that I'm aware of. Yeah. And then lastly is Next Station London, which is a roll and write, which sets it apart differently. It's Matthew Dunstan, and what makes it different is that everyone has the same sheet, mm-hmm. and you flip over a card, that means you need to connect one end of your line to a symbol that shape. Okay. It has to be a straight line. However, here's the catch. There's four different lines that you're going to be playing, four different colors, um, there's like dark purple, light blue, green, and pink, which are pretty good colors, honestly, to yeah. choose from. And even like, it, I was a little iffy on the colors, but no, it was pretty solid. But everyone has a different color. So you might have pink, I might have like purple. Okay. And then we still have to connect the same symbols, but we're on a completely different part of our board. <laughs> and then after that round is done, we pass the pencils. And then now you have to do the next line. Oh. And so the four lines. Um, without having played Dorf Romantic, I think it might win. Although my personal pick is Next Station London. 
You know what my pick is? What is Dorf Romantic. Dorf Romantic, yeah. Honestly, everything I've looked into that game from what I've seen, it yeah. fits the Spiel des Jahres to it a does. T. It, uh, it's, it's co-op, it's simple, um, it's people that can get together uh, working mm-hmm. into it. It just it feels yeah. like what they would go for for a pick. I agree. I don't disagree at all. I hope it doesn't because I, I don't own it yet. <laughs> I own two of the three and I hope it's one of mine. Uh, so you're hedging your bets there. I'm hedging my bets. Uh, yeah. That's what I had to do last year. I think it's going to be Dwarf Romantic I, from everything I've see, uh, seen there. Uh, the one I wouldn't want to win is Fun Facts, just because I think Repos sure. deserves it. But yeah. Yeah, I don't think they'll go that light. I really don't. Yeah, yeah that's the thing is I don't think I they would either. I mean, just one had some meat to it because you had that little double guessing thing. Mm-hmm. This the, doesn't. On the recommendation list, uh, this is what I'm surprised is yep. that you've had Acropolis, which yep. was my pick to get nominated. That's right. No, and I haven't played that one, but I've heard really good things. Right. Uh, Mantis, you've talked about that one. Yep. Mantis is cool. I can see why that was. QE, was, that's yep. the one we've played and really enjoyed. And uh-huh. surprised that didn't get uh, done. The other ones I don't know, like Kazuka. Kazuka has a really ugly, ugly. Ugly cover, but it is Leo Calavini. Yes, it's an ugly cover. <laughs> like it has a weird human faced lion thing that stares into your soul. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Hitster looks kind of cool. Um, I'll talk about what that is here in a minute. But Salt and Paper, I don't know anything about. But it's but, got Kafala in Riviera yeah, on it, so that, that's right. that's surprising. And that's not a hat. We got to see that at Gamma. And I have a little demo of it, like how I showed a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, it's like some weird past memory thing. But Hitster, I had never heard about it until it's nominated. Basically, the idea is it's kind of like Timeline, except it, you're listen, it has a bunch of QR codes and you listen to a song. And then you're trying to put them in, in order of release. Well, if you can read German, there you go. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you can still listen to it, but no, it's it's you put them in order of release. So okay. Yeah. If if you have you know, like a popular like Ensign song versus you know the Beatles, there's a pretty odd, good odds. But the yeah. Rolling Stones fall in between them, or on either side depends on the song. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into our topic today. All right, and the topic is. Board Game Breakdown. We are breaking down Bress Sobel's artwork, all the games that she's done artwork for. Um, we're hoping to mainly focus on the ones that she primarily made games for. Um, uh, Krupp said it said, I would say zero probably. Oh, on how much you like water? Or for the millionaire <laughs> question. Sorry, I missed your I missed out on your, your question, so now I went way past it. My apologies. Um, we're going to talk about the games. We go in chronological order, starting from one of the earliest ones that we mm-hmm. know. Um, trading Years for Millions, yeah. I probably wouldn't either. Yep. Ready? All right, let's do it. Snow Tales is going to be our first one here. Snow Tales released in 2008. She made the art for it. Um, it's an okay cover. I mean, definitely nature-themed. Uh, you know. It's a great cover for its time. This is 2008. Yes. Now, I have played this game. There is not a lot of art in this game other right. than the board here. So you'll see a little bit like right here on the sides. Right. The all the huskies pretty much look the same. They're just in different colors for the player abilities. Right. But yeah, so it's just basically an expanded board in the in mainly the cover. And also to point out that she is one of six artists for that game. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Uh, she's the wild. main artist though. She's the one that's actually credited in the, the Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. Maybe other editions or something. Now we're going to go back to... We're back chronologically. She did the art for... Wait, oh, geez. There we go. 
Goodie Culture, the original one. <laughs> another really good game. Now, see, this is another one where I think she just worked as a group on this one. Yeah. Because, like yeah, Jack K. Davis, yep. David Montgomery, and Beth Sobel were, did a Which lot of the art. Which do you think she did the art for? Honestly. Probably the board, maybe? I think she did the cover. Yeah, the you know cover, you're right. Kind I don't of, think she did the board. Yeah. I think it's the cover, so, but honestly, yeah. I don't know. They don't really explain too much who did what. Right. Uh, and the Tuscany. Yep. And then we have Lord of the Rings, the card game. Nightmare decks on the doorstep. Man, that's all. That. That's a title. Mm-hmm. That's a title. Arboretum, that's a big one. You have Ooh, played this one, haven't you? I have. And that has one of the prettiest covers. Uh, Lanterns as well. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Look at um, that cover, man. Now, she's one of three, but I bet she did most of the trees. Probably. Yeah, because the art style that's around it, like the graphic design, that looks very quick, Chris Quilliam style. Oh, yeah, because Chris Colliam also did this, right? He did Azul, yes. Yeah, and then Felipe Giron. But a lot of board game artists, they tend to work uh, in groups this way because a lot of these games have a lot of art, and you can't expect one person to to do it all completely. True. And then also on top of that, um, they... Artists, they lump together graphic designers as well as artists. (laughs) Yeah, we did talk to Daniel Solis about that. Uh Uh-huh. And so... We might not be getting the whole picture, but I do believe, judging by what we'll see in the future and what we know of, she probably did most of the trees. Yeah, so she did another one here with uh, a grouping of them, uh, Lanterns. Lantern. Uh-huh. I think she did the cover again. I believe that. I uh, would definitely believe I, that. Honestly, because this one is more uh, graphic design style rather than artistic interpretation. Right. Yeah. It's uh, kind of ugly, honestly. I, I don't like the tiles. I don't like the tiles all that much either, but that really cover... Not yeah. Next one, Between Two Cities. Another one that I'm actually surprised of, that I own quite a bit of these games that yep. she did she artwork for. She really worked with Stonemaier a lot. A lot, yeah. Uh, more stuff for the Lord of the Rings the card game, it mm-hmm. looks like. I'm trying to see if we can pull up something else. Here we go, Sea Strifes. I know nothing about this one. Seas of Strife. Okay. So, Between Two Cities, again, I think she the did the cover. The only artist. So, yeah, that's all her. Mind you, there's not a lot of art on this one. It's just, like, the houses and stuff like that. But that mm-hmm. cover is actually really catching. It is. Between Two Cities. Basically, Minneapolis and St. Paul. <laughs> that's what this looks like. All yeah. version of it. Yeah, I don't... That could be... Could be a part inspiration for that. A fun fact about Minneapolis and St. Paul. No. Uh, they have a major league team and a triple A team. Oh, here you go, sports. Stuff. The Mi- Minnesota Twins is the major league team. Their a triple A minor league affiliation is the St. Paul Saints. Cool. They're the only triple A affiliation, that are the closest affiliation to their major league team. They're only 15 minutes apart. The stadiums are basically across the river from each other. <laughs> so, interesting. Talk uh-huh. about between two cities. And now going to the Seas of Strife. Seas of Strife. Okay, now talking more my my style. Um, so, she is one or two artists. It's <laughs> one of the prettiest. And, and Clemens Franz. Now, Clemens Franz is known for stuff like um, uh, Agricola. Okay. So, this should be pretty obvious who did what part. She did the cover. Yeah, which I'm is one of the on. prettiest covers of Rio Grande games. Yes. Um, let's look at some of the cards. 
I'm willing the, to bet the cards were Clemens Franz. There's the cards right there. I'm willing to bet that was Clemens Franz. Probably. Oh, this is a remake of Texas Showdown. Really? Oh, that's oh. what I believe so. Cool. All World's right. Fair, 1893. All right, again, probably the cover. And then we have Lanterns, uh, promos, lots of Lord of the Rings, clearly working with a lot of different companies. More punk promos. Yep, Snowtails Plunge Pack. Okay, and we're already into page three. three remaining. Let's go ahead and look back at World's Fair real yes. quick. Adam P. McIver, cool. That's a great combination because they, Adam P. McIver does some really great graphic design, and mm. he's a good artist too. And he's a good game designer too. I, I don't know what game he designed, but. Um, he did uh, Coin Age, but he also did. Um, I did not like Coin Age. Well, again, it was like one card, right? It's hard to tell. But he did the. Um, the library one, where you where you had like the five hundred books on cards, and you had to put them in order. What was that name? It was from Renegade. Wasn't Biblios? That was no, yellow. it wasn't Biblios. Um, it was a bigger game. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, we're talking about best of art though. Uh, World's Fair looks pretty good. Uh, I don't uh-huh. know. Would you say she's the cover artist or some of the? Uh... That's hard to tell. Um, honestly. I would believe it if she was a cover artist, just judging by how that looks compared to Between Two Cities. Mm-hmm. Very similar, like... like uh, Shading and... Shading, yeah, color schemes. All right, let's move down to The Last Garden. Which I am not familiar with. And I'll pull up Herbaceous while we're at it. Okay, what do you know about The Last Garden? I know nothing about this. This is the first time I've actually ever heard of this game. Yep. Mind you, it's also ranked uh, 9,660. And the publisher is 1,000 XP. Don't know that publishing company. No idea. From the art, she's the only one that's the artist on there. Just by that cover alone, it looks pretty nice. Yeah. It looks like it's like strung together. It's like an old wooden crate with string wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's a great effect. Take a look at the... Your art on the cards are pretty nice. <laughs> Those like little robots? Yeah, I don't That's know. They, they look interesting. Interesting, yeah. I've never seen her do... Now, the next game we're going to talk about, Herbaceous, yes. I know is a pretty game. Yes. Oh, yeah, this one's gorgeous. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing with it. It's just like, oh, yeah. Only artists on really it. pretty. Yep, only artists. Honestly, we're going to talk about another game later on. It's one of her more recent ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herbaceous is... One of the games that made me think of her doing the art for the, what is it, Bonanza Dahlias or whatever. Dahlias, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is just really great art. I've never played Herbaceous, have you? No, I have not. I've played Other in the Lines, which we will be talking about here in a minute, but I have not played Herbaceous. Man, look at these cards. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it looks kind of amateurish. <laughs> No, I've seen your art. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I I jest. Now, Cold Water Crown I had considered buying a number of years ago. You saw uh, fly, fly, fly fishing, yeah. Yes. I've always wanted to learn fly fishing. Circle the Wagons is a um, is a button shy game that she did the art for. Kind of a little more abstracted art. So, let's see here. Cold Water Crowns. Okay. Uh, she worked with Ryan Coleman on this game. Okay, so it could be like he is this is this the so no this has a solo uh, aspect to it. Yes, but yeah, look at that board. Oh yeah, that's best solos art. Mm-hmm. If I had to bet. I like the different like truncated like farmlands and stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The shore, the lake, the river. Yep. Let's uh, see if they, oh there we go. 
Do you think she did the fish? She might have. Just the design by itself looks like she would uh, did that. Honestly, I think the other guy just helped with the graphic design. I think she really did a lot of the art. Right. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah, I honestly, the way these are looking, I do think she specializes in wildlife and trees. Because yes. a lot of the games deal that she has a lot of art credits to deals with wildlife. Uh, we're going to get to it a little bit later. Cascadia is like one of her more famous ones. Yep. And that's some of the best art I've seen in a game. Absolutely. All right, here's Circle the Wagon. Circle the Wagons. Well, she's one of three artists. I think she mainly did the cover. I don't know, but this is a nice one. Yeah. If I had to guess. Cover art is oh, no. Luke Bialu, and she did card art. Okay. I like how they credited on that one. Interesting. So it looks like she did a lot of this art. Yeah, let's say they did a fancy version of Circle the Wagon. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I have one of the versions. Now, uh, Daniel Salas and... Best Sobol. How did we not realize it? I don't remember this from when we interviewed him. Well, uh, when we talked about a lot of the stuff that he did uh, wise, he's not an artist. Best Sobol did the art in this. Oh, one. Okay. He, we this talk- wasn't under his listing of, of yeah, that he made. and he even talked about it. Is like he always gets credited as an artist, but he's not an artist. He's he's a graphic design. That would be hilarious if she was just typecast and she's doing <laughs> wildlife. She prefers abstracts, like something like Mondrian and yeah. <laughs> Jackson Pollock and stuff. So let's look at the cover. So I yeah, don't, I don't know if she did that cover. Well, uh, she didn't design it. And Jonathan Gilmer's a designer, so yeah. Well, Daniel Salas probably did the graphic or the um, graphic design for it. Yeah, because he even said he doesn't draw. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's a really cool style. I like that. Center one. The uh, Setfast card here? Or the, uh-huh. or the Captain? Setfast I like card. the Captain one a lot. Captain's alright, but there's something about the shading on that that I really like. Uh, tells a story. Yeah, I can this see is that. kind of the point, right? Yeah. You know? Ooh, that one's cool. Which one? The Artisan? All of them. Yeah, these are really nice. I like this Artisan one, the the, the design just on that <laughs> little, little owl toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An owl automata, looks like. Very cool. Path of Light and Shadow. I like that. I don't know anything about the game, but... Herbaceous Trickster, Champions of Time. Uh, Daniel Solis game, no? Yep, sure is. Between Two Cities, um... Let's see, what... Oh, Welcome to Dino World, there we go. Oh, you missed one. What? Down below, uh, Atlas. Ah, there we go. I'll do that one, and that one, and go look at Trickster. Alright, Trickster it is. So Trickster, again, that's a trick-taking game where you... Where the second player basically out. decides the, uh, if right. it's gonna the way it's gonna go. She did all of the art. Yeah. Wow. And that, Daniel Solis, who is normally a graphic designer, did the design for the game. Oh, both man. very smart games. Sorry, I love this picture. Oh yeah, the beast. <laughs> it's just a big floppy-eared dog. I love it. I love it. I'm a big dog guy. I love dogs. Oh yeah. These, it's really nice art for this uh, card game. Uh-huh. If I find a version of Trickster, I would love to do this one, or get this one. Maybe I should bring it tomorrow. We'll look, at, look at the magician here. Oh, yeah, the magician's very, very <laughs> traditional. The peddler over here. It's a really good art on the yeah. Trickster one. Champions of Time. Cool. Uh, next here is Atlas Enchanted Lands. Now, I was put off by this art. I don't know what it is about that cover. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of that cover either, honestly. 
Let's uh, let's get a nice close up of that cover that's unsettling. There's something odd about it. I mean, it's just three women with like wings, wings but they look like they're just normal <sighs> women just standing there and happen to be wearing like fairy wings costume. Like I don't know. There's something that's like they seem too modern. Though that's best soulable art right there. Those yes. cards is best soulable. Yeah, those Man, are gorgeous. Look at that fox. Whoa, sir. For those of you who can't see it and listening to the audio podcast, it's literally a fox. A fox like yeah. the animal fox. But it's a gorgeous card art. And the I don't have like... washed out with some smoke. Yeah, a little bit. Which I kind of dig, actually. Yeah. Very mysterious. That's cool. Yeah, that's some really nice art. And I'll, I'll say this about Beth Sobel. She's probably one of the best artists. Uh, her, Bosley, Anil Two are like the three that I really... Uh, and Vincent Dutrey. Those are, like, the main ones I really, really enjoy. I'm a big Clemens Franz guy. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Dino World. This is a rolling right, isn't it? Probably. Just from what, what I'm looking right here at the dice. I mean, there's dice over there, and there's a sheet of paper with a pencil. So but I wasn't even paying to that. I was just looking at the cover. Oh, yeah. I mean, this just this cover alone tells you it's a rolling right. Right. Uh, and it looks like she did the artwork with Sabrina Miramon. From based on this cover. Oh, is a Turtsky, huh? Is it a Turtsky? It is a Turtsky. Yeah, interesting. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of lot of art on this one, nope, other than what you're drawing yourself. She might have did, like, the dinosaur heads. Yeah, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm, interesting. Yeah. Could be cool. All right. All right. Circle the wagons. Uh, Sunset. That Sunset is a gorgeous one. one. This is the one that sets her above almost any other artist for me. Especially when it comes to, like, nature stuff. I'm just yes. going to pull these next three up. Let's go look at Sunset Over Wire. That is a gorgeous cover. It's now, I don't know this is fact, but look at the cards on these. And I'll see if I can find... I mean, like, look, it looks like a, an old canvas painting mm -hmm. that was, like, beaten up, right? I mean... I know she's not the only artist, but that landscape art is so, like that stuff that you could put on a Some wall. Some looks like, like this looks like Bessel Wall stuff. Yeah, because she exactly. did another game. Uh, I can't remember it. I haven't played it, but it's it's called Fjords. Yep, and that cover looks like this this right, card awesome. right here. There is one card in there that looks like our mountains. Really? In that game, I wonder if it'll show it. But there is one specific card where I'm like, that's the Oregon Mountains. And yeah, I'm wonder, not seeing anything in here. Yeah, flip, well, nope, wait, wait, go down. That would be it, I think. This one, one of the two. I think uh, this is closer yeah, to what ours look like. Because it looks like La Cueva, specifically, ah. which is a local cave of ours. Like, uh, keep, if we see him, we'll, I'll point it out, because I'll recognize it right away. Da-da-da-da-da. That's the one we're on. No, I'm curious. Um, what might it be? Where? No, probably not. Now we're just looking for something. I know. Now we're just looking. I know. Entertaining, isn't it? Yeah, so entertaining. This is probably going to be the last one. No. Yeah, that's it. If, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the meeple in there, there's actually like one specific little rock segment there that looks exactly like our, our mountains and like Cueva. Which is a separate rock formation in our in our national monument here. Medieval is the next game. game. Um, Blackwell Heard also did art for this game. Very cool. Maybe she just did the cover? 
Maybe. Sure. I'm not even sure a lot about this game. Oh, I didn't notice the fire in the background. That's cool. For those not... Uh... Oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. There's a nice close-up of that cover. Very cool. And Wonderland. Now, this one... <laughs> I should have remembered for the Wilson Wonderland example earlier. Yeah, there you go. But the art on this is where it's at. Look at those cards. Yeah. This is a game where people bought it for the art. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a... Is it trick-taking? No, you put cards in a grid. That's right. Yeah, okay. Well, I remember going over this with Daniel Solis. Uh-huh. All right. There you go. Going up. More Viticulture. More Lord of the Rings the card game. This one's really nice. Fire Wait. in the Library. I can't wait to talk about that one. All right. And, then and Herbaceous Sprouts, which is not an expansion. So it's standalone. Oh, is it? I believe so. Let's go back and pull that up then. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Get us down to here. Okay. While we talk about these ones. All right. Waters of Nerissa. She's the Nerissa. only artist on this one. Okay. She is getting better at drawing more people, too. Yeah. I mean, like, she was already good. I don't want to say this is getting better. No, she was already good, but like there's, they're very prominent. But I know, honestly, her landscape. Ooh, that's cool. The board, how it spirals inward. Yeah, that is nice. That's that is cool. really nice. See, that's how you do a board. Like, that looks neat. No, I do like this one. Um, like I said, her people is great and stuff. Uh, I really do enjoy her her wildlife, her yes. outdoors um, stuff. It's really, really nice. Okay, here's Fire yeah. in the Library. Now, there's a reason I really want to point this one out. Okay. Is that you're rescuing stuff from a burning... You're rescuing artifacts from a burning library. And that's the big theme of the book. However, it, the library is one picture made up of four cards. Mm-hmm. It has different parts of the library burn... You take away cards from that stack, okay. and they start engulfing in flames a little bit more. So it's the same image, just gets fierier and fierier and more damaged and and burning as you're as you're continuing. You know what it's kind of based on, right? What the fire in the library? Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume so. It's it's more uh, today today's uh, time frame, but yeah. Yeah. The fire of Alexandria, they, they were trying to save a lot of the artifacts. And a lot of historical artifacts were lost in the, the fire of Alexandria. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, like, a lot of the, the tool cards, sure, they're fine. But that library picture is where it's at. See if you can get a picture of that. Um, I mean, it would be that top part. There it is. Yeah. That's it with it not burned at all. Okay. And then as more and more, as it starts burning more and more and more, it starts changing that picture. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is really Like, neat. that's really inventive. Speaking of washed out with some smoke. <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, Herbaceous Sprouts. Yes. Uh, see if we can pull up some. St- oh, it's a it's a rolling right. Okay. Okay. That's lemonade. Cool. Yep. It's hard to make a good picture of a lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> Without making it look like urine. Yep. <laughs> Pee in a cup. That's all it normally is. That's actually really cool for a background on a rolling right. Uh huh. Yeah, the wagon that's just kind of hidden in there. 
Uh, that is a really nice one. Uh, I do want to try some of these herbaceous ones. I've seen them, I've looked at them, but I've never played them. Yeah. Uh, Cold Water Crown of the Sea. Let's pull that up. I know she's done some work on Wingspan. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. She's one of three artists, if I remember correctly. And other than Jamie Stegmeyer producing the game, it's uh, a game mostly by women. Elizabeth Hargrave, the designer, right. Beth Sobel, and the other two artists, I can't think of their names right now, all women. Yep. So that one intrigues me a lot, too, about that. Um, I'm going to pull this up as well. Dice, sure. Coldwater Crown? Yep. Another is that an expansion? Yeah, expansion. I love that squid on the cover. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I was peeking up over the <laughs> yeah, the rope. Let's look at this. Ooh, I like the colors on that. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, oh, okay. So, listeners at home, again, if you just did not go look at this expansion, it could be placed directly next to the pre or the Cold Water Crown, the, the original, original game, and it makes one panoramic picture. A gorgeous panoramic picture, too. I love it. That's awesome. That's really fantastic. That, that is really well done. Tussie Mussie, uh, another Elizabeth Hardgrave yep, game. This is of. a button-shy game, if I remember correctly. It is. And it's all about flowers. Which makes sense with uh, Bess Oval. Yes, it absolutely does. Those are some really nice uh, flowers, too. Yep. You're not going to get those mistaken for, for the wrong color. Oof. All right. Yeah, no, I was looking at the the lav- or the Hisense and the Snapdragons. Uh-huh. My wife actually has, or, well, not right now, but she had Snapdragons last year, and they were pretty. Yeah. So, yeah, she she really gets those ones. Uh, I don't remember much about Tussie Mussie. I do want to play it eventually. It's but... a two-player ice split you choose. Nice. Okay, yeah, no, I do want to try it. Now, here's the one I know about. Yep. Wingspan. That's right. So, Ana Maria Martinez, uh, Natalia Rojas, and actually, Beth Sobel, and one other artist, if I remember correctly. I can't remember her name. It says two more here, but Beth Sobel is on this one. Oh, wait, down here. Uh, Greg May. Greg May. Uh, I think he just does the design, uh, the graphic design, because I know uh, these three, Ana Maria Martinez, Nat- Natalia Rojas, and Beth Sobel, actually released a book with all their Wingspan art. Oh, that's cool. And then on the um, cover, if I can pull up the cover, here we go. It actually says all the ladies that are on the art are, are the actual artists of the game. Cool. So I really do enjoy this one. I love the the artwork in this game. The tableau building is amazing. Just this game in general, I enjoy a lot. So I'm trying to see if I can pull up other pictures here. Let's just click on this one. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like I can pull it up any more pictures. Yeah. She there might have actually go. did the board, too. I think she did a lot of the stuff. This is some great art. And it's interesting is because a lot of this art looks like stuff you'll find in bird books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Audubon, I think it's the Audubon Bird Society. Yeah, books. it's very, very traditional. Yeah. Lanterns, we talked about earlier. This is the, the roll and write version of it. It's, yep. a, it's a copy that I own, haven't played yet. It's on my shelf of shame. That's pretty good. I think I picked it up because I needed just to bump up the, the, the cost for shipping. <laughs> for I can get free shipping. That's funny. 
Uh, welcome to Dino World, more Wingspan. Oh, I, I'm just going to pull this expansion up because I love the, the art of that cover. Cards of Olympus. I didn't even see that one. And, of course, one of your favorites. Oh, I wouldn't say Endangered is one of my favorites. I do enjoy the game. Yeah. But, man, I just, I love owls in general, and I just love the, the cover. Now, it's a famous bird because of Harry Potter, but I've always loved uh, snowy owls, barn owls, and stuff See, like I that. See, I know them from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> of course you do. Tell us what was left of them. <laughs> such a great movie. Yeah. yeah, but it's such a fun movie. It's fun, I'll give It's a two-player deck-building card game. Okay? A nice little uh, cover there. Yeah. Uh, it looks like double-sided cards. Huh. I'm not a fan of those people, though. No, that's kind of odd. They're kind of generic looking. That guy looks like Will Wheaton. Which one? This one? Mm -hmm. These three right here? Uh huh. A little bit. Okay, I don't mind these ones up here. Those are pretty cool looking. This is an odd. An odd thing. Yeah, what is this game about? In all honesty, I know you said uh, build your army and defeat your fellow gods to conquer Olympus. Players share one deck of split-faced two-sided cards representing mortals, heroes, and gods. And monsters. That they can list to earn victory points and defeat their opponent. New cards can be purchased to build up the deck and cards can be upgraded to rotate or flip. Doing so not only changes your future actions and resources, but your opponents, creating a unique push-and-pull dynamic. Huh. I mean, it's intriguing... Yeah. That art doesn't draw me in, though. The, the cover would. Yeah. Looks like it's a tuck box. Mm. Now, we both have played Endangered. Yep. I like the game more than you do. Yep. I love the art in this game, though. Like, um, the cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's some great... That cover game. is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just look at that stuff. Yeah. Those are the bad cards, by the way. <laughs> the impact cards. Yeah. Those were fun. Let's see. Let's go back. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, <laughs> So good. Sea otters are really one of my favorite animals. I love sea otters. They're loud, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're so loud. So here's my problem with this game. Uh -oh. The card art, great. This stuff, great. That board, though, is boring as heck. Yeah. Very boring. Everything else is really good in this game I like. Yep. See, I need to get that. The giant panda scenario. I do have, like, the other stuff, the the expansion that gives you just more animals and the meatballs and resources. The art's really good. That cover is just catching. Yeah. So, really good game. Here's a game that you enjoy, but you hate the cover. <laughs> so, Calico, which, by the way, is not a Calico cat. It's an orange tabby. <laughs> but the illustrations in this game are fantastic. Look at this quilt. Even you have to admit that quilt's nice. But the cats themselves, really well done. But he hates cats in general, and he hates this game just because it's called Calico, even though it doesn't really have a lot to do with cats. All right, moving on to... Oh, sorry. Darn narcolepsy. <laughs> I tell you. The Whatnot Cabinet, Public Market, of course, Cascadia. Of course. And oh, Subastral. I, I, that... Ugh, that's such a pretty cover. All right, what whatnot cabinet. cabinet. So, you know what a whatnot cabinet is, right? It's something to do with magic. No? 
No? No, not necessarily. It's, um, a one-dot cabinet is, like, um, I mean, like, yeah, the, I think the steam is magic, but, like, usually, like, those little, um, little, like, wall hangings, or it has, like, a bunch of little parts where you put, like, little miniature things, like, little leaves, maybe a bottle cap, like, um, it's kind of like a showpiece, but it has a bunch of different little compartments in it. Mm-hmm. Wooden shelves. That's a whatnot cabinet. It holds little doodads and whatnots and whatever. Still haven't played your copy of Calico, huh? <laughs> well, I don't blame you. There's not a, every time you look for a Calico, you don't you see an orange tabby instead. Just pulling yeah. up some of the pictures. Yeah, see, like there's a little crystal, there's a little bird token, there's a little turtle, a little bottle. So what you're saying is basically a trinket cabinet. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. What are you put all your yep. trinkets and stuff? Mm-hmm. I have a mantle see, for that. Yeah. But I mean, like, these are like, like, you see them in antique stores. They're a lot more, they're a lot more popular older, uh, older than us, but. Um, I don't antique like you do, so. Well, but I mean, you've been in an antique, or if not, probably a Hobby Lobby. I they they been, sell those. I, I know they yeah. sell them, but I haven't been into an antique store in probably 15 or 20 years or so. That's a shame. Honestly, I don't like antiques. I don't care much for some of the older stuff. The only thing I would like to collect is maybe first edition books, but I'd go to a classic bookstore before right. I go to an antique shop. Well, those are antiques. Yes, but... Anything that's older than 50 years is an antique. Again, I don't go into antique stores to right. look for that. I'll go right. to an, uh, a classic bookshop. Yeah. Not like the one we walked into in Yuma. <laughs> so moving on to public market here... That's a cool cover. That I is a really nice one. cover. Uh, James Ooh, Churchill, cover. Jason Wash. What the heck? So you have this cover, which is the one that's on the picture. Right. That one doesn't have Bessel's name on it, but let's go look at the public market. So, who is the name on that cover? So we got. No, look. There's three designers. That's probably why you don't okay. see the name on there. Then you go this cover, which is much better. I like this one a lot. That's the best oval cover right there. Yeah, that is such a good cover. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna Those are the exact same fish that were in that other game, in Clearwater. <laughs> Probably. All right, let's go look at Public Market. She reused the same one. Uh, <laughs> looks like, head out to sea. Yeah. Based on portrait art, I agree. That that first cover didn't look like that was hers. Yeah. Uh, head to fish, uh, fulfill contracts in order to gain points and emerge as the winner in this tile-laying engine-building game. Ooh. Players bid on and draft tiles to play into an ice chest. Once the ice chest is full, players can go to the market to sell their latest catches, uh, catch based on the current market values. So it's like an economic bidding game. Yeah. Plays continues until the ocean bag is empty. So... That's interesting. I know nothing about this game. This is one that flew under the radar in 2021. Right. It's got a rating of 7. Interesting. How how many people have voted on it? Where do I check that? Ratings? Hmm. Uh, Only 158 ratings, so it did really fly under the radar. Number of ratings, yeah. Oh. But now we got Cascadia here. Yes, and this one is definitely not under the radar. <laughs> that is some gorgeous art. I like a lot about this game, especially the art. That's just in a gorgeous cover. That I so, knew nothing about the game Cascadia, but when I saw that cover, I had to look into it. Yes, there is. Um, 
we're we're going to be going on a big road trip. We talked mm-hmm. about it a few weeks ago. Um, but this, yeah, you think the game is meh? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I haven't played the game, but uh, Cascadia though, when we when we were planning our trip, I was looking into pictures. I think this might be based off of the Grand Tetons. It might be because there's the the flat like. Almost like so, valley area, and then straight into the mountains. You, th- you think Cascadia is meh? Just oh, to yeah, confirm. Please clarify. Yeah. But uh, no, this cover art though, or just the art itself, like this pieces are fine. I do like how the tiles look in the game. Yeah. I love the the pieces, but this right here is where it gets me. This yes. this card art in the different, like all the card art is the same, but the, the different patterns that you have to do. See, fair. I enjoy this game because of how simple it is. Like, I love the different variations of the trying to do the the runs for the salmon and the the different elks uh, stuff. I'm looking forward to the expansion for this game. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I just such great art. Look at that! I, I, that fox almost looks like the other one we were looking at. Yeah, right. It's the same <laughs> one. What a fox! Uh, yeah. This one I'm excited to talk about. I mean, I, I played the game. It was okay. What, Cascadia or Sebastrol? Sebastrol. Okay. But that cover. That is such a good cover. I th- The only reason I wanted to play this game is because of this cover. Yes, that cover is crazy. I mean, it's a standard, like, one of Best Sobel's style, like, landscapes. But with that friggin' geodesic dome across the top. Yeah. Woo! The, the card art's really nice, too, from what I'm looking at here. You keep saying card art. Card art. Card art. No, I know what you're saying. It's just it, it rings in my ear in a weird way. Card art. Well, just it's because you're weird. Art. So you're much, uh, too much of a fan of this one, right? No, I didn't care much for it. It was okay. But that art is amazing. Matt Riddle. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't remember. Fleet. Fleet. Yep, that's it. Yep, there it is. Huh. Looks really good though the the art. All right, move it. Same. The game is simple for new players. It's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. my wife actually really enjoys it, and our, my other group really enjoys Cascadia. I love it for the art. All right, right. we're in the last page. And the last page, very good. Uh, Tussie Mussy, more Tussie Mussy, Rock Paper Scissors Deluxe. Oh no! Three uh-huh. sisters. Yep. And fjords. fjords. That's the one I was talking about. Or as I like to call it, Fjords. 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 All right, let's look at Rock, Paper, Scissors, Deluxe. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was made... <laughs> There's like two pictures. Insert by Solo Design like that. I am pretty certain this was made as a uh, joke. For the Dragon's Tomb. Well, in all honesty, it's put under the children's category, so... Right. I'll say this. The cover looks really nice. I mean, yeah, it's just so (laughs) art, but... I like how the the star here just wraps around the the board. Yeah. All right, going on to Three Sisters, which is a nice uh, roll and write game. I do enjoy that cover a lot. It's a nice little pumpkin patch. Yeah. Uh, They actually have another game coming out. I don't know if Best Sobald's doing the art for it, 
but it's called French Quarter, and this is much better cover than uh, French Quarters. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a really simple game. Uh, it's two papers, so it's a heavier, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Right. A heavier roll and write. So you're putting your numbers into the different patches here, but then you're also got the numbers that go over here, and there's a whole right. little rondelle thing. I'm trying to see if it's, yeah, here it is. So these are the dice you're going to choose from, but it goes into a rondelle, but it, uh, I don't really see it on here. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a little thing where it's like, okay, you can choose from this, this, and this, but this one's over here, so you can't really choose that, or that's the, the choice for everybody in a sense. It's it's really well done. I did enjoy this game a lot. Um, but like I was saying about uh French Quarter, that one looks a lot busier than this one. Yeah. But that cover, it's really nice. Nice. Now, speaking of great covers, yeah, now that's a great Fjords has one of the best covers I've ever seen. Yes. And the solo mode is by um, Phil Walker Harding of Fjords. Nice. Uh, There we go. There's a nice picture of it. Look at that cover. Mm. She does her landscapes really well. You think she watched Bob Ross growing up? (laughs) I mean, those are some little fluffy clouds. I never did. I watch Bob Ross all the time. Yeah, I, I didn't become that. a good artist, but I always liked his. Just like it's just a happy little accident. Yeah, he was very he was very calming. I know a lot of people like just listen to it just because of how calming he is. Yeah, but yeah, look at the <laughs> see. Corrupt agrees. He likes Bob Ross. Yeah, I, I don't dislike him. I'm just like yeah, yeah. I get that he's saying he doesn't like what they did with his legacy. What legacy of him? Oh, his family is no. His family's just basically sold off his name, and so instead of uh, the Bob Ross art of chill board game is actually really great. Yeah, I played that one. Yeah, I actually really like it. So oh, his son gets nothing. Okay, yeah. Uh, So a company basically just basically after his death pimped him out there. That's why we got Bob Ross, the art of chill. That's why we got the Bob Ross movie. Gotcha. No wonder. That's sad. Fjords looks cool, though. <laughs> Tile laying, uh, territory building. I've heard okay things with this game. Yeah. I'd be but that art is so good. All right, yeah. next up here is... Wicked and Wise. Wicked and Wise. Another weird giraffe game. A group of artists. Jay Bell, Isfania Rodriguez, and Bess Hobel. Which parts are by Beth? I honestly can't really The coins. It's got to be the coins. Maybe. No, it was the people that put them uh, on TV. Okay. Makes sense. Ooh. Some nice stuff on this game. You know, in every Weird Giraffe game, they hide a rainbow in some at some point in it. I'm not surprised. Aren't you fam- or friendly with the people from yeah, Weird Giraffe? Yeah, they're cool. They're very cool people. I mean, a, it's it, it literally is just one person. Yeah. One's weird giraffe. And she's awesome, so. Alright, so Wicked and Wise. Verdant, we have Verdant. played this one. Yeah. Kites, that's yeah. a great one. Which has been going really well at the shop. People have been loving kites. Look and at that cover. Yosemite, which is, I'm really excited about. You're going to go see that one. Nope. You're not going to go? Oh, no, you sent me to California. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll pull this one up, even though we talked about Between Two Cities. Yep. And that's what we're going to leave off for right now. Verdant. Now, great art on this game. Again, yep. with, like Cascadia. 
Yeah, it was fun. That's a decent cover. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, what is that? Oh, <laughs> there's a cat. Come on. And it's a calico. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> well, at least you got it right that time. It only took her three games. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. So, th- the thing about this game, it's an overcomplicated version of Cascadia. Yes. Um, I do like, uh, assume you're being facetious. <laughs> no, I'm being feces, though. There's a difference. Uh, don't even get him started. Yes, now, see, Yosemite. The thing is, with Cascadia, if it was this game, or this game was just like a plant version of Cascadia, it would sure. go down a lot more. I, like, I could buy a copy of this. My wife would enjoy it. But this one was so overly complicated compared to the simplicity of Cascadia. Cascadia, it's just Yep. And it was it felt like it was made to be a complicated version of Cascadia. Yeah. Like, okay, people are complaining that Cascadia is too simple. Let's make it more of a game and it just right. kind of hurt the quality of that, yes, that style. I think so too. However, it has a calico in it. And it also didn't help and matters. It's a deal. That's cool. Matters with this game is that um, this is, came out around the same time as Planted from Phil Walker Hardy, right. which is a much simpler plant game. Yep. But yeah, no. Other than that, it's a pretty game. It's okay. I wouldn't say no to playing it again. Yeah. But going to a game that you and me both enjoy. Yes. Kites. Kites, Kites is awesome. It's a uh... One uh, two-to-four player, real-time, keep the timers flying. All you're doing is flying kites by playing cards. So long as none of the timers run out, you win. Simple as that. Six, six timers, one is wild. Every card is either one of two different colors. colors. And you yeah, have to play it to flip it to keep the tile or the, the timers going. And it's, yep. it's just like, and you have to do it fast because it's cooperative. And it's like, oh, God, oh, God, what do yep. I play? And every combination of the two, one or two different colors is a different kite that's flying in the air. And the thing is, if that. one of those timers runs out, that's it. Yep. But it's so fun. I know we were doing a interview with the the guy. It was like a podcast speed dating type thing. Yes. We, we basically were playing this game with that guy and just talking yeah. the whole time. We lost terribly. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. The the people from. Um, what is it? Uh, they're the ones that did decorum, no? Uh, yeah, Floodgate. Floodgate. There's yes. the name. I couldn't think of the name. This game was so fun. Uh, yes. And, and just playing it at Gamma last year was awesome. Yep. All right, next up is Yosemite by WizKid Games, yeah, apparently. I mean, WizKids, like, I wouldn't expect and honestly, that, right? that cover. That is a beautiful cover. Yep. I've actually seen this, not Yosemite itself. But there was a time when I was driving up to Colorado with my wife. Um, she just got off a graveyard shift, so she was sleeping in the car. And I was trying to wake her when we were crossing from New Mexico to Colorado. Because there was a mama a mama bear and her cubs walking. They were black bears, okay. not brown bears. Yeah. Wow. And you could just see them from the interstate. And I was trying to wake my wife up to show her. That didn't go well. <laughs> well, I can imagine a really simple way to do it, to wake her up. But... Yeah, I would, nobody would be happy about that. No, especially the people behind us, because it was during uh, the reason why I was able to see it is we were in a traffic jam because they were doing construction right there on that interstate. Uh, that's cool. I know nothing of this game. I've heard it's okay. Um, well, but that, my issue 
with WizKids game is they just pump stuff out. They don't really... Kind of like what AEG was doing for a little while, where they were just pumping out a bunch of games rather than doing quality control on the games. Yeah. And I think it's because of the game that you didn't like. I was fine with. I enjoyed it. Uh, Scorpius Freighter. That one just really bombed for them, and that's when they went to... Was that AEG? That was AEG. No, but I'm saying... That but when that game dropped oh, because yeah. it bombed, that's when they slowed down and just started pumping out good games. That's what we got. But I'm trying to explain. AEG went that way. WizKids haven't oh, done that haven't. yet. I see. They just pumping things out left and right instead of doing a quality control. AEG was like, okay, this has to stop. We need yeah. to concentrate on putting out good games rather than pumping out games. Right. WizKids is at that point with AEG where they're just pumping out left and right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and my apologies, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just did I thought you literally had the, the two confused. I was <laughs> no. like, who no. Those are two very different games. That is great art. And in fact, I want to pick up a copy of this one. I know we have, I have the original, um, where is it at? Somewhere around here. Oh yeah, right there. I had to move it away from my Stonemeyer pile because I just couldn't fit anymore. <laughs> Uh, but I do want to get this version because it comes with the expansion in it. So it's got Ooh. Between Two Cities and the Capitals expansion because you can't buy Capitals anymore. Oh, that makes sense. And so I want to get the expansion because I really do enjoy this game. Cool. Great cover art, um, but we've already looked at Between Two Cities. Yep. Uh, and it says one and four. Let's pull this one up real quick. Just Oh, yeah. AG recently had a 55% off their site. Yeah, well, you showed us Arcane Wonders was doing something uh-huh. uh, as well. Arcane Wonders is doing like a $5 had, more sale. Yeah, they were doing really good sales, but I'm like, I don't need any of those games. Right. Same here. All the ones I wanted from, from there, I already have. All right, so we're getting into the 2023 games. Apparently, she's doing the art for Undergrove, but there is nothing on there. Yep. I'll pull it up just to see, but... There's only two ratings, and it's sitting at 9.3, so... That's not biased at all. Oh, man, I like that Mori art right there. Yep. We'll get back to that here in a minute. Let's go look at Fika. What the? Sir. So, you, I have seen this cover. family friendly... I have seen this cover. Yes. Um, and I know a little bit about this game, because it deals with a, like, the coffee house, uh, based, yeah, Swedish coffee house culture. Mm-hmm. Uh... But the art, man, on this one, I saw images of it. I'm a coffee guy, so this makes me happy. Yeah. I can use more coffee games. The only one I haven't, or the one I want to play is the the solo one. I think it's Coffee, coffee Roasters. Coffee Roasters, yeah, by Stronghold. I can bring it by one day if you want to try. I do want to try that one. There's another one, uh, Viva like Java. I think that's the other ah, one yes. I want to try. But yeah, this is, I don't know too much about it. I just heard heard it was announced it's going to be called the clever coffee break apparently Ooh. 25th century are really putting out some really good games lately so this does has me intrigued a little bit some decent art yeah for coffee not her landscape and wildlife right the paradox initiative mad scientists still strands of space time by tile matching their paradox particles oh bosley and, well, okay, hold this on. There's 19 of... artists total. Hold on. Honestly, it makes sense, especially if they're going to try to do like a paradox. Sure. Each person take a card. Draw the card. I uh, apparently reimplements paradox, which I'm not familiar with. So 
I even noticed this. Uh, Elf Creek are bringing a lot of older games back and updating them with because uh, that's why you have Atlantis Rising Second Edition. They're uh, redoing Santa's Workshop. So again, I'm not surprised with this. This cover art looks really good. It does. I don't know who's doing it because there's Who 19 knows? artists. I mean, come on. But it's interesting what they would do. I do um, Elf Creek. Elf Elf Creek is actually hitting with me lately. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played a lot of their games, but the ones I have played, I've enjoyed. Next up here is Pollen. Yes, now I just recently played this. Uh, apparently re-implement, re-implement Samurai, the card game. Yes, it's really fun how it works. You're putting down cards. Um, in the corner of the cards, they have, like, cutouts in the corners. So I really didn't like the cards at first, but you have these nice little glass tokens that either have bees, beetles, or um, butterflies. And those tokens are absolutely gorgeous. And whoever has the majority on each of the spots once the you tokens. surround it, takes those tokens. And they're actually reflective. They're shiny. Yeah, and that's what they, I think that's what they're trying to show right yep. here onto the table. Yep. Yeah, no, it, it works really go. well. So, like, you put down a token, and your cards will have either stars or they'll have the specific type, mm-hmm. um, which count as all the different types. Now, these are all singles, but there's other ones where it has, like, two or three different bug types. Whoever has the majority on each of those takes it. At the end of the game, it... You can only potentially win if you have at least one majority. You know you know what's funny? I'm looking at this, uh-huh. and I'm shocked. Why? It's a pretty Canizia game. It is. <laughs> All play knows how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, they All do. All play knows how to do it. In fact, I was just talking to them, and they said that they're, gonna, they're the first company that's going to reprint through the desert with colorblind friendly camels. It's finally. About time. It's about time. And they're finally going to do it. All right, so, so good on them. Nothing for Undergrowth. She is the only artist. It's yep. coming from AEG, so that's okay. interesting. It's Hargrave. designed by Hargrave, and I don't know who this Wooten guy is. I'll look into him in a little bit. But yeah, Undergrowth. You trade nutrients with fungi to grow new trees. Okay. Uh, apparently, over three hundred million years, trees have traded nutrients with fungi in a vast underground network. Scientists continue to make new discoveries oh, about yes, this hidden okay. world, including the fact that some of these nutrients seem to find their way. From mature parent trees through the fungal network. Uh, medium weight uh, 3X game in which you play a Douglas fir tree that is building symbiotic relationships with fungi and using them to establish your seedlings. Players explore by adding new mushrooms to a shared forest area, expand by playing new seedlings and roots on the mushrooms, and exploit their relationship with mushrooms to gain resources. Players then help their seedlings grow into trees by transferring resources through the fungi. At the end of the game, the player who has grown the best set of seedlings with the most valuable symbiotic relationship wins. This sounds interesting. Yeah. I don't I know what a 3X it. game is. Well, it's a 4X, except without well, when, exterminate. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just saw a video with Keanu Reeves narrating it recently. It was like made by like the people who made the call map. Okay. And it was an HBO like documentary where it's all about being calm and it's called Living Among Trees and they talked specifically about this. And I watched it, I want to say last night. Ah, that's cool. This yeah. looks intriguing uh, for two reasons. Best of all, or three reasons actually. Best yeah. of all art, Elizabeth Hardgrave. Uh, I've yep. really enjoyed a lot of stuff, her stuff. Uh, but also AEG is producing yep. this and they've really been hitting on all cylinders. Yep. That's smart. Who's Mark Wooten? Yeah, let's see what else he's done. Thunderstone Quest, it looks oh, like. Oh, yes, he, he's a game developer for AG. That's right. Okay, it looks like, yeah, Thunderstone... Uh, let's look at his ranking real quick. Yeah, Thunderstone Quest is like his big one. Yeah. I did not like Doomtown Reloaded. 
that was overly complicated. Yeah. But yeah, he he looks like he's doing pretty well. So cool. dreams of yesterday. I really love the cover of this one. Yes. Here here's the cover of the expansion that why I'm excited for it. You've actually seen this next, or not this next game, but the last mm-hmm. one we're going to talk about. So, yep. Dreams of Yesterday. That's a great cover. I really do like that. Curate a museum exhibit that will change the world and save the future. Oh, you know what this is based off of? This is based off of uh, Dreams from Weird Draft Games. Okay. Well, it is Weird Draft Games as the publisher. Yep. That cover, though, I really do like that cover. Right, here's some of the card art. Fine card art. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. Uh, you compete with rival museums to build the best collection of fine art, ancient artifacts, and fossils. Uh, you have a resource of money, prestige, and knowledge to obtain the best artifacts and create enticing exhibits. <laughs> the unique layout of your museum also allows you to activate powerful abilities that can rearrange your exhibit cards. Okay. Interesting. That was, this looks pretty good. Yeah. It's it's decent art, really nice art. Like yeah. this stuff doesn't really catch me, but I mean, I like mean this like animal. I, mean, I like this cool. this animal right here. The I think it's a a copy. I think is what uh-huh. it's called. Uh, I like the fossils. I really love the 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 vase, the vase jugs, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. ancient vessels. That's right. But this cover, Mori. Uh-huh. Uh, use cards and dice to navigate a deadly force. Yeah, I believe really... this is part of their new uh, Kickstarter that they just did recently. The all-play one, right? It's a trick-taking. Yep. I know that one. Yep. Uh, there there was, what, four different trick-takings on that one? Yes. They all looked interesting. Um, a lot right. of them, uh, other than this one, came from J- Japan. Yes. Uh, bought a lot of them. The last one I played of theirs that I really enjoyed is the... Um, what is it? Ghost of Christmas is what it's called. Yeah, Ghost of Christmas. Yes. But this art, I are and I can't pull up a bigger image of it. I don't think because yeah, there we go. That is such a beautiful yeah, cover. It is. And it's basically a skull surrounded by flowers, and it's just it is so good. I do want to try a lot of those trick takings that they had mm-hmm. on that thing. I hate the boxes that come in though. Yep. I get the weird awkward squares. Yeah, the weird awkward squares. Uh, honestly, if it wasn't for like the other components in Ghost of Christmas, it would be in one of my photo boxes. Yeah, because the components won't let it seal. Yep. So next up, we're going to talk about the expansion for Cascadia Landmarks. Yep. And just the cover by itself is so gorgeous. I wonder if it's based off of anywhere specific. I mean, I'm sure it's based off of, but if that if that's actually specifically somewhere. Well, this this picture, yes. more than likely, because um, I know it's adding uh, landmarks, uh, natural landmarks into the game of Cascadia. Yes. Uh, habitats place beautiful natural landmarks within them. Landmarks give each environment its own look and feel. Uh, I could do without the adding of the five to six players, but if a game that can sure. add five to six players, Cascadia wouldn't be too bad because it's not a super long game right. to begin with, but still. Yeah. Uh, I, this is why we were talking about it earlier about expansions. Adding more scoring cards and habitat tiles. Yeah. Just give you a little different variety. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that cover... I like this cover more than the Cascadia cover. Oh, yeah. And finally, 
the game uh, we Bonanza both love. Dios. Yeah. So specifically, and this is the story behind it, which is, makes it so interesting. So the original uh, Bonanza has very cartoony beans. cartoony uh, beans, but it's a very iconic uh, art style. This one is very much like along the lines. I guess Beth Sobel really liked the game mm-hmm. and wanted to make her own version based off of the Dahlia flower. Now, they didn't confirm or anything, but they did allude to the idea that they're, this is a series of games as it is number one in a series. So on the on the spine of it, it does say number one. Yep, there you go. Right yeah. there. Uh-huh. Meaning, there's going to be more to it than that. But yeah, it's basically just a flower version of Bonanza. Bonanza, which is a great game. Yeah. Um, I do like the art of Dahlia's. I think it's pretty. I honestly don't need that version because I have the 25th anniversary edition of Bonanza. Yep. Same here. What? There so, you go. All right. But Sobel, I mean, amazing art. Obviously, like Curb uh, said, it pointed out, it very much uh, nature, um, pretty themed. You know, there's a lot going on with it. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a lot to appreciate and a lot to like. I mean, yeah, it doesn't it, get a lot of it gets a lot of people going with seeing cool art like that. And the the thing about it is, I know a lot of people say don't judge a book by its cover. But I'm, honestly, if I see something like uh, I'm trying to think of a game like the original cover of Kalis yeah. versus something like Cascadia, Cascadia is going to draw my my eyes to it, sure. other than some ugly guy going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, it art is very, very important for board games nowadays, especially nowadays. Very much so. Especially the way they're getting pumped out. There's uh-huh. there's thousands of games every year getting released, so you need something that's going to catch people's eyes. For sure. And so, having great art, that's going to do it. And to have great art, you need great artists like Best Sobel. Yeah, so congratulations. Very good stuff. We want to thank you so much for tuning into one of our episodes. If you want to join us in one of a live episode and join in on the conversation... Uh, talk with us, tell us your opinions on whatever we're talking about, like our friend Corrupt Senate, you can join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. If you ever want to email us directly, whether to give us an idea for a future episode, enter in in a future contest, or just to reach out and say hi, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. I always forget that there's no fourth (laughs) thing. We need to fix that. We need to add something else. And with that being said, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.